This is a time that all the prophets who are recognized by their church in the Sons of Thunder, um, you're welcome to come up here if you feel like God's given you a word for the congregation. <clears throat> I feel like the Lord is saying that there's someone here that has felt like maybe God's given them a word for their of direction for their life, for their ministry, and that you have felt something growing in you like a seed, and God says this is the vision that I'm planting in you, and it's, it's growing and it's maturing. And the thing that you need to do is not wait for God to come and overcome you and the Spirit force you, but it's time for you to step out in faith and do what God is telling you and that it, it, it is from God and that it is as you step out, then the fire is going to be set in your life and you're going to feel the anointing and the direction, but first you have to step out. I keep hearing God has spoken and he has the last word. I actually have um, two words. I'm going to get a, get a first word first. I kept hearing, claim them things or they not. He said, power is in the tongue. Life and death is in the tongue. He said, claim back them prodigal sons. Start calling them back now, the father say. The father say, anything that the enemy has stolen, you claim it back and you call it back ten times four and be bold with it. And he said, I will breathe and bring life into them words and they will go forth. Trust me. And um, I can't quite remember your name. The one with the blue on, um, backed up by you, Pastor Rodney. Yeah, Valerie. I heard the father. I heard the father say to you. He said, "I do not run out of mates. I got somebody for you. Just hold on and wait and trust in me." He said, "Remember what I did for Adam." In the song, it says miracles happen when you move. Healing is coming to this room. What I kept hearing was healing is coming to your womb. So for the ones of you that are believing and waiting on that, I just declare and I just believe with you in the name of Jesus. The Lord says it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And the Lord says that some of you um, just like Jesus when he came, they were looking for one thing and he brought another thing. He came totally different from what they were looking for. And the Lord says tonight that some of you need to take God out of the box, that you're looking for him to come one way and his spirit is going to come a totally different way and you need to take him out, says the Lord. And I believe I've got a word. It's for, I believe it's Fort Mitchell Church, and I don't know who it is, but there's somebody that has or is going to. I don't know. I just see somebody hitting the ground. And when they do, your church is going to know it, or maybe you already know who it is. But y'all need to pull them up off the ground. You need to dust them off. You need to love on them, and you need to point them forward so they can start going forward in that direction again. At the Hope Conference, the Lord gave me this, but the Lord keeps telling me, I want you to reiterate. Jealous competition. The Lord says, I'm against jealous competition. 
And the antidote for that is perfect love. Putting others before yourself will defeat jealous competition. We're going to get right into it. You can come back this way a little bit, just a little bit. Come on a little bit more. But she won't be on top of it. Good, good. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Good praise and worship, y'all. I felt like we were supposed to get into it, let her get it, get up here and get into it tonight. Um, which one do you want? You want the uh, one you hook on or you want one you hold? You like the whole one. I, I get it. I get it. Yes, ma'am. Lapel. We don't do the Madonna when we have a lapel. Yeah. Okay, my Tracy. <laughs> Help me, Jesus, bad pastor. I am grateful always uh, when Tracy Stewart decides she wants to come our way. I'm grateful more that she'll hear God. She'll, she'll press in and she'll get a word from the Lord for us. Uh, it's not warmed over baked potatoes. You know, warmed over baked potatoes will sustain you, but they don't taste that good. You want them fresh. And she, I'm sure she's got something fresh for us. Uh, from Sumter, South Carolina, I've known her since, good Lord. When did y'all start your church in Sumter? Yeah, your hair was dark. Oh, good. What year? What year? Was it 83? No, 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 no. It was before I knew Pastor Han. Before I knew Pastor Han. Yeah, it was probably 83. Were y'all in the furniture store upstairs in 83? That's it then. When y'all do let let the... Uh, let. Let, let, the, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, and you did it reggae. First time we came to their church, we're walking up the steps, and they're they doing reggae, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And it was, dude, it was good. I said, I'm going to like this church, Kathy. I like this already. And they rocked. They, they worshiped. You know, they've been freaky. They've been freaking the devil out for years because they'll get with it. They're not ashamed of the gospel. They're not ashamed of any part of it at their church. So I want y'all to welcome Tracy Stewart as she comes. She travels, and God uses her. She's something else. I love you. You are a lot of fun. I love you. My goodness. I, I feel really sorry for you tonight because I am so full. I am so full. I, I can't even explain it. Um, I, I had dreams before the new year. Immediately after the new year, I, I've had dreams, and um, so, and then, of course, I've been literally all over the planet in between all of that, and um, so, James and I, by only by the unction of the Holy Ghost, every now and then, will call, James will do an, an audible, okay, and he calls three days of prayer, and we pray in the morning for hours and worship, we break for lunch, we eat, we talk, we laugh, we cry, 
We hear God as much over a table as we do in prayer. And then we go back in the afternoon and do it again for hours. And then we eat and we talk and we laugh. We don't do um, fasting and prayer. We do feasting and prayer. Well, I'm sorry. It just, it just works. So I, we just finished last night. And um, people flew in for it. People drove in for it. And it, it was just extreme. The problem is there are no words. There's just no words. That's, that's when it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I cried and I didn't even know why I was crying. But I couldn't stop crying. I, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a sad cry. It, it wasn't, I don't know what it was. It was, he was a hear cry. You know, are y'all hearing me? So um, anyway, um, that being said, you're going to have to forgive me because I, um, I love you and I talk more to people that I love than people I don't love. Does that make sense? And um, so I'm just going to pretend that we are at the table and we are eating our favorite food together and drinking rich people coffee. And, and we're just going to break it down and share some things, okay? Um, I, I know that I've, um, I've edged some of this in here before, but um, I had a revisitation when I was in England before Christmas um, over the whole phrase, <laughs> Behold the Lamb. And last night, the Lord started singing to us. It gets like you, can, you don't need the music because you can hear something that, and everybody hears it, and it's God singing. And um, he sang to us, anyone can walk on water. It was the sweetest tune. I wish I could sing. When their eyes are on Jesus, anyone can do the impossible. When their eyes are on Jesus, anyone can raise the dead. When their eyes are on Jesus, anyone can heal the sick. When their eyes are on, on Jesus, anyone can harvest souls when their eyes are on Jesus. And it just went over and over. And, and I believe now, maybe I'm just extreme right now. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to recover from it, though. I believe that our eyes on Jesus is the most important thing that God is saying to the church. It solves every problem. It, it heals every pain. It, it, you, there's no way you can be in jealous competition with your eyes on Jesus. You just can't do it. It would embarrass you to even try. Because jealous competition is really not about competing with someone else. It's actually about competing with God for the praise of the people. And when your eyes are on Jesus, the good thing is, you know, I like Moses for being honest enough to say I can't talk. But the boy could talk. The guy was an expert leader. He was not, you know, shaky and had a, a stammer. He didn't. But when you see God, you're going to shake. Are y'all hearing me? Because you realize what you ain't and you realize what you is. And it's so, um, 
delicious. Because you're broken and you're enabled at the same time. It's just this paradox almost. I, I, I hope I'm explaining this just a little bit okay. In John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing in water. The word behold is major. Every single solitary time, I think I checked it out thoroughly enough to say this. When God says it by way of a prophet slash the voice, what, however that's going to happen, when God says behold, it changes you forever right there. It is, it is literally saying what you're about to see is going to change your life forever. Behold the Lamb of God. The whole earth was shifted on those words. Anytime the, the, the word behold is said, it is an announcement of an immediate, um, the word would be um, imminent change that nobody can stop. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'm not going to try to teach too much because i got a lot of just preaching me. But it also uh, another um, phrase comes off of this word behold. It's, it says to feast one's eyes. I'm telling you the problem is with the focus. The problem is what you see. Now understand that's not just in the natural, but it deals with how you perceive. To feast one's eyes. To look away. That phrase, when you're not going to behold, means to look away. It means to go into total neglect. Now, here's the deal. i got a thousand sermons in me right now, okay? But you can't partially look. You can't. You cannot sort of look at Jesus. You can't sort of give your life to him. It's an all-in. There's not options allowed in the kingdom of God. I know people preach that nasty, exaggerated grace message, but I am telling you, he wants all or nothing. It's totally look at him or just go ahead and look away. So, um, and I'm not mad. Do I sound mad? I am not mad. I promise I'm, I'm loud, but I'm not mad. Um, notice the, now look at me for those of you that are in performance. Okay, that might not be your fault, by the way. If you've had the whip of disapproval laid on your back, especially if you went to church and had it laid on your back, you're going to be in, a, in, a, in performance. But notice it does not say obey the lamb. You can't. Unless you look at him, you can't obey him. It doesn't say follow the lamb. It doesn't say worship the lamb. And we do. But the only way we can is if we behold him. 
It doesn't say serve the lamb. And it doesn't say tell everyone about the lamb. And people that have not been beholding Jesus are in the performance of, the li- of their lifetime right now. They're trying to grow a church. They're trying to be spiritual. And, and the truth is you can't even change you. But when you behold him, you will be like him. And that is not a heavenly event. This is what breaks the power of sin over our lives. You can never break the power of sin over your life until you are satisfied with him. It's a good word, Tracy. Just keep preaching it. Good word. (laughs) Matthew 5, 8. Because I just want to deal with your eyes just for a second. I wrote this down. Eyes are gates. What we focus on fills our world. Listen, I'm just this little old white-haired lady up here. What, what do I know? Half our battle is vision-related and focus-related. When we're focused on sin, we are filled with shame. Okay? If we're focused on our circumstance, we are filled with fear. I've got circumstance. You've got circumstance. All God's cheering got some circumstance. It's, there's no one in here that's some super Christian that doesn't deal with what you deal with every day. The things that we are tempted with, the Bible says, they are common to man. But what you focus on is either going to make you sink or swim. If we focus on the world, we're going to be full of temptation and distractions. Jesus even warns, listen, you can have the word of God preached to you, but the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the desire for other things. That means you can sit in a church. This has been a bizarre thing to me lately because this is my third sermon. You can sit in a church and have one life totally, completely, absolutely changed and have someone else sitting right beside that person and they have not changed, shifted, or moved in a thousand millenniums and they never will. Because they can, they can sit under the word being preached, but when they leave the building, their focus is not on him. Now listen, here's the deal with that. Because I've got there, a thousand times a month someone tells me that they are much more talented than I am. They don't understand why I have meetings all the time. You know, they're, they're better theologians. And, and the, the problem with it is it actually is true, Okay. It actually is true. But they are doing what they are doing completely out of a place of rest. They are striving. Come on, y'all, work with me. I'm talking about ministry and ministers that never have a day of peace or rest in their inner man. And they're mad at me because I'm so happy I can't stand myself. I don't give a rip if I never have another meeting. My identity and my... my um. Esteem is not on standing in front of people. It is in beholding the Lamb of God. Because I can, I can do anything when my eyes are on Him. And it's not that I'm not tempted to not be in rest. I mean, all you got to do is open your eyes in the morning. Okay? But the truth is, this is just my life. Okay? This is just my life. 
I, I might handle a few more problems than you because I handle other people's problems. And then I have to look in the mirror at my own self. Okay? I'm just being honest. So, so when that gut grinding starts, the second I lose my peace, okay, the, the second I'm not resting, that's when I turn. That's the golden key. I look away from all that does distract unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I literally will say out loud sometimes, I could be in a grocery store or I could be on an airplane, okay? I will say out loud, Jesus. I'm just right now, Lord. Oh, I'm so sorry I, I took my eyes off of you. I know that I did. You know how I know? Because my guts are grinding. And there's no way I can grind when I'm looking at you. And so, Lord, I, I turn. I love the Old Testament scripture where these, you know, it's, it's Israel. It's their fault. Most of the things we get into are our fault. And they do not, I love the, the um, I think it's one of the kings that says, we do not, I do not know what to do. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I, that's just a, kind of a default scripture for me. Because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know. You know, people want you to do something. Are y'all hearing me? I don't know how to get you healed. I know that there's power in his name, power in the blood. We can, you know, run through the whole thing. But the truth is, anyone can release healing when their eyes are on Jesus. You know why? Because it's not you. It's you looking to him to do what he said he would do. It's not my faith in my ability to even believe for the healing. It's, it's my faith in the goodness of God. We're going to look to the goodness of God. How are you doing? Y'all, this is Monday morning, but I'm telling you, this is, this, is, this is the only revival there is. And I don't care who's prophesying or prophet lying. I don't care what kind of spiritual atmosphere and the goosebumps that are happening. If there's a lot of spiritual hokey pokey going on, but nobody talks about Jesus, it is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus, always brings your eyes to him. Always. That's the, that's the major ministry of the Holy Spirit is to turn your eyes on the Lamb of God. I don't care where your oil came from. How can you, how can you say you got this magic oil and nobody is talking about the blood that was poured out for your healing, the chastisement of your insanity laid on him. So that you could have peace. It's about him. It always has been about him. And always will be about Jesus. 
Something wrong. So, um, so, the Matthew 5, verse 8, says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, that's Jesus talking, inviting you to see God. Now, you're thinking, because you're, okay, if you're honest and you know you're carnal, like I'm three seconds away from being lost at all times. Okay, I know that. I know that makes anyone religious in here just grinds on that. Okay? There is none good but God. <laughs> okay? But you're, you're thinking, well, that's why I can't see God because I ain't pure. Okay? But if you will look to him, a purification will happen. And you'll see him some, but when you see him, you want to see him some more. And when you see him then, you will want to see him some more. The more you look at him, the more you want to look at him. But if you don't look at him, you're not going to want to look at him. It's this weird exchange. So what you have to do is in the worst time, dry time, no great music, no feeling at all, you determine I'm choosing to turn my eyes upon the Lord. Now, the number one way you do that, y'all, is not going into the ozone layer and glowing in the dark, all right? Go to the Word of God. The Word says that... that when, when you said, oh God, seek my face, I said to you, Lord, your face will I seek. There is a face to be sought. To be sought means to be seen. There's a face to be seen. The word face is the exact word presence. There is a face to be to be sought. The new uh, the Passion translation of Matthew five eight says, "What bliss you experience when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will be opened and you will see more and more of God." Now the Mexicans love it when you say "mas y mas." Oh man, they line up for it. Mas y mas. In other words, he doesn't run out. You know, just when you think, I've, I've got that, I, I got that, God somehow will put a light of revelation on who he is that you've been reading on, thinking on for a thousand years, and now you see him like you've never seen him before. He is bottomless. The beauty of Jesus is bottomless. It's so the word face or turn your eyes or to seek is is the word H A R A O that's Greek. It, it's not the mere act of seeing. It's not just actual perception of that object. It is to experience a revelation. To experience a revelation. To be exposed to something. The word comes up, encounter someone. It is to witness. 
It's to share in something. It's to come into the presence of something and be affected by it. That's why it's bizarre that you can come to church and not be affected. By I, you know, and some, some days some churches struggle with worship. You, you lose people, you get people, you, you could be in a transition. And you'll hear someone say, because this was said to me, I, I don't like the worship anymore. You know, we don't, we don't have the same person. And, I, you know, this is just, you know, and the guy really is at full capacity that's doing it. And, and, and they don't, and it goes too long and he's not as talented. And here's the problem. And they say, I don't like worship. That's because you're not, you're not worshiping. I, I didn't even notice. I, I, I honestly don't notice a junkie worship service. Because I'm actually worshiping him. And I, I appreciate any help to get me there. I really do. But if, if it's too long for you, it's because you're not worshiping. How, how long I mean, if you're bored with God, you are not beholding the Lamb. And boredom is the first sign of idol worship. You have put your eyes on something else. You have said to yourself, this will fill me more than God. Are you okay? I'm not mad, I promise. I'm just, anyway. Okay. So, we know that the... um, the metamorphosis, you can help me with the words later, is that there's a metamorphosis, and that's not quite the word, but it's meta is in there, all right? You actually become what you behold. And you can have things in you laying dormant that you don't know. Okay, look, look at me that you don't even know is there, but you beheld it as a child, and at a certain time, under a certain amount of pressure, you become what you swore that you would never be because of what happened to you. Are are y'all hearing me? Well, and, and in the same way, that's what happens when we look at the Word. Doesn't matter, dry day, hot day, doesn't matter. When I go to the Word of God, it attaches itself to my soul and it grafts into my soul. And it changes everything about the way I see, feel, think. You will find people. I was just with a young man who fell so terribly into the dregs of the worst kinds of sin. You think this, there's not ever going to be recovery. And we were talking because he's one of these guys that comes to time of prayer, we were talking about how his life has so changed, okay, that he doesn't even recognize the person he used to be. It's like he's telling someone else's story. That's because he has beheld the Lamb of God. Revelation chapter 1. Um. I've skipped a lot of scriptures, but you, you just get over me. Revelation chapter 1, verse 12. This is John, the beloved, on the Isle of Patmos. And, it, and he's, having, <laughs> he's having a deal happen. I mean, do you understand? I don't, okay, I'm ahead of myself again. Do you understand that 
Jesus is God. Most of the church don't know that. That's why if he's just a great teacher, if he's kind of like Buddha, all right, if he's a guru, you got this? Or, or, but he, he could do some signs and wonders, but he's not God, then your dealings with him is optional. But if he's God, if he's God, you know, we, we used to drive over these rickety bridges um, going into a, a place called Moldova where there's landmines and fields and getting the gospel into that part of Russia. And we, the, the bus was, was heavier than the bridge could handle. So we get everybody off and walk ahead of the bus, okay, and, and let the driver try to get across. And you could see that thing cracking and shaking and popping because something heavier than what it could contain was on it. Let's just call it a, a, um, a bridge quake. You watch a really big guy come up, run across thin ice and you can hear the sound of that pressure on the ice, popping and cracking. You, are y'all hearing me? And the whole lake, the entire lake begins to quake under the weight of that big... What do you think is going to happen to your life if you understand that Jesus is God and he's coming into your life? He's not going to leave you without a life quake. This is the one that John... John, he's just really cool. He says, and I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is convicting you about being a priority in your life. About, y'all, you've been in church till you're religious with it. And it's like when James and I lived in Georgetown, South Carolina, there's a paper mill there. And I'm telling you, when you drive in, the stench is horrific. And the people that actually live there said, we don't even smell it. And I mean, it's so foul, so big. And you say to yourself, there's no way that I'm ever going to get used to this. Okay? But sure enough, months later... You don't even smell the smell anymore because we filter it. It's like living in abuse, okay? I mean, you're having the wadden beaten out of you, and you've now filtered it, and if someone said, do you have a good marriage, that you would say, yes. Are you hearing me? I think it's the same way with church, the same way with the Word of God. We've gotten so used to hearing it. Come on, y'all, that we filtered it and we believe somehow that it's changed our lives and we don't actually see the bigness of Jesus anymore. It's a smell you don't even smell anymore. I'm not mad. He isn't either. He just wants you back. He's forever in love with the backslider. Well, I'm, I'm doing church. You know... <laughs> Okay, okay. You're just pretending. He says, I turned, I turned. 
I heard a voice and I turned to see. I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And look at this. And being turned, I saw. Well, Tracy, I don't see God. I don't feel God. I don't even know God here. You need to turn. And being turned, that means you stick with this. You're going to see. And what did he see? He saw signs, wonders, and the phenomena of God. He saw one with seven candlesticks and stars. And I mean, y'all, this is, I can't even get into it. All the smart people can teach on this. I'm just telling you that God wants to display himself with all of his power and all of his glory to you. But being turned. So you turn from. See, we want to turn from. And um, why do we want to be turned from something which makes us miserable? But at the same time, we don't want to be turned to. That's the, that's the picture of Hebraic repentance. It's not just to turn or to change your mind. It's to turn from to turn to. When you turn from and then you turn to, it's going to scare, I'm going to say it, I'm not cussing in church, the living hell out of you because it's the truth about yourself that you are the most afraid of and that's why we don't want to seek his face because you can't come as a fake you can't come as you know oh we're doing all the sweating and everything are y'all hearing me and all the motions of what looks like they must be walking with God but our core is rotted Okay, and, and it's the truth about ourselves. And to, look, to behold the lamb, you confront him and he confronts you. Now, if you'll stay there. I remember when alcoholism lost its grip over me. It wasn't because I came up and got in the right line. Now, I had, had been delivered from devils. You, are y'all okay with me? So this is not your devil. You are your own devil. Okay? This is not about, you know, I'm, I'm demon possessed and that's why I can't stop doing this. I'm not saying that hell can't get in there because he's got to have a doorway with your flesh. But I laid on the floor. I was 15 years old and I wanted to drink. I wanted to smoke. Everybody was backsliding around me and offering everything for free. I wanted it. Are you hearing me? I wanted it. And I told God I wanted it. And I said, I know I'm not supposed to want it, but I'm telling you I do want it. Are y'all okay with me? And I'm going to be honest with you, God. I wanna be, I'm going to be honest with you. Your word says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I'm not getting up off of this floor until I get up free. And I've given you my want to. Because that thing is an idol. It's telling me that something else will fill my, my heart. Something else will ease this pain. And if it didn't work when I was lost, it sure won't work while I'm saved. I'm not going to go into idol worship. I'm not going to commit adultery on God. I'm not going to cheat on him by finding something else. Are y'all hearing me? 
And I'm telling you, I pulled the carpet fibers out of the floor. I was sweating profusely. I cried. I threw up on that carpet, but I wasn't getting up until I got up changed. It's not just turning from. The power, the, the real power happens when you turn from and you actually turn to. And in that surrender, the surrender I give you, even though I want what I want, I want what you want more than I want what I yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. Let my flesh scream. Let my head pound. Yeah. I will throw up on the floor. But I'm not letting go. I'm going to behold the lamb. I'm going to behold him. It's the only way I'm changed. It's the only hope I have. And what you overcome in private, I know I've preached it before. You can display in public. You can drive alcoholism out of addicts. See, we want, we want to use his name, but we have no weight. Weight is gained. By what you do in private. Devils mock you. you. You better be glad that there's some kind of protection around you sometimes because you can be the seven sons of Sceva. All right? You de- oh, the devil, the devil. And listen, and you're kissing him in private, and now you're going to try to do this public display? And nothing happens, and it's milk toast, penny waste, wimp Christianity. You're powerless, high maintenance, low impact. No one is impressed with your walk with God. It doesn't matter how many scriptures you quote. What happens is you are changed alone. You're changed alone. Without John Staples leading worship, And I like it, John. Hold on. I wrote this down. You have to turn to see. Stop ignoring the impulses. Of the Holy Spirit. I think that. Jesus said to Paul. Why do you kick. Against the pricks. Or the goads. His heart was being pierced. His heart was being pierced. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Looking away. That word is turn. Turning away, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus who is the leader and source of our faith and is also, and is also the finisher. Thank God. <laughs> what he has started, he will finish. I, you know, and I know you know, and I'm going to tell an old story. I found myself 25 years into ministry seeing a whole lot of things, so grateful to God, so grateful to God. But, you know, at home, what we heard God say, um, when we left to go into that city, we, we just hadn't seen. And um, not only was it an agony of travail, 
but it was also embarrassing. Because you tell people what God said, and oh, y'all, y'all like, okay, maybe that's never happened to you, but, and um, I was holding on to the sink. I was on my knees. I was just sobbing. I was, I was mad. I was frustrated. And I said, you know, Abraham gets an Isaac after, what, 25 years? And, and Joseph after, what, 17 years, of my, I, I think? And, and David and, you know, and it's, we, it's been longer for us than all of those guys. And what's the deal? And, he's, and the Lord said to me, I finish what I start. Then he said, how about you? How about you, Tracy? <laughs> See, I, I, was, um, I had promise. See, you can't get there in that frustration unless you've taken your eyes off of the lamb. Because anyone can win a city to Jesus when their eyes are on him. Let's see the rest that happens. And it doesn't matter who mocks. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Because he's, he's bigger than them. He's bigger than my reputation. You know, there were people that died with a promise that were loyal and obedient to God. And they got their reward. Are y'all hearing me? And they never held it in their hands. But because they were still declaring it. They moved out of time and into eternity. They stopped thinking, well, by the time, I, you know, I'm, I'm old now and my life's, you know, I'm a white hair and, you know, how much time do I have and I, gotta ha I don't have enough time to do this. You know, it doesn't matter because it's not about us and it's not about someone seeing that we got it. It's about what God has said. And if it doesn't come to pass in my lifetime, just like the millenniums that pass through the through the garden to the cross, people knew God was going to do something in the earth and they just did what he said to do. So stop tapping your watch at God. Time is on my side. If I slip out of this body into eternity, I will be bending over a banister cheering you on. We don't pass from life to death. We go from life to life. This is not, this is, this is not, y'all, what we are about to get into is more real than what you're sitting in here. But you, you've got to, anyway, so, okay. Looking away from all that does distract to Jesus, who is the leader and source of our faith and is also the finisher. I love this. For the joy of obtaining us as his prize, he endured the cross. For the joy of obtaining us as the prize, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. I got a revelation on that. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. Um, Y'all mind if I mention someone's name and everybody has opinion of everything and people camp and God doesn't got, got really give a rip. But um, I love John Osteen. That's Joel Osteen's father. 
he used to come to our Bible college. And um, when he came, Joel was actually a little thing, little boy. And he said that, that, you know, they lived in a very modest house. They didn't have any money. And the walls in the house were kind of paper thin. And they had kids. And, uh, you know, so their bedroom is right beside the boy's bedroom, okay? And Joel particularly was terrified of the dark. He just, he just was so afraid of the dark. And his bed was against the wall, and he actually was sleeping with his brother in that same bed. And Joel's place was against the wall in that bed. And at nighttime, John would wake up hearing Joel just wailing, just crying, just crying. And because you could hear through the wall, John would say, Joel, you're all right. Through the wall. You're all right, Joel. And he'd say, Daddy, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Son, there's nothing to be afraid of. God has not given us a spirit of fear. You can hear John Osteen doing that. You know, he's just a precious man. And, he, and Joel would say to his dad, Daddy, if you'll just turn your face toward me, I won't be afraid. <laughs> and he would, he would roll over and turn his face toward Joel, and they would touch the wall. God has turned his face toward us. This is not the problem. Have we turned our face toward him? I just, I, I'm, I, I hope, I hope. Once, has anybody ever been ruined by him? I have. I, nobody told me he was real. I groped in such darkness. I had people that went to church around me all the time. These are Baptist kids. Nobody told me Jesus was real. I'm telling you, when I met Jesus, I know that people do backslide. I get it. I, I know what it's like to feel the pull, to want to backslide. But where would I go? No, you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Where would I go? Yeah. See, you sin in the party mode of sin. Okay? I, you're Friday night drinkers, and y'all hear me, and whatever else you do. But I was living in the wages as a child. The, 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 the jaws of death had crushed my human soul. As a child, okay, I had to drink. This wasn't about partying. It's about being able to go to school so I didn't go through DTs. So when you meet him, y'all, he's God. And you're ruined by the love of God. And you're so aware of the darkness that you are of what you're not and who he is. And anyway, the horrible feeling of being convicted and held at the same time, which you're so glad that you don't want to sin anymore. And then at the, and you feel horribly ashamed of everything you know you are. And at the same time, you're being overwhelmed by this love that 
so piercing. It's so life-changing. Where would we go? And every single thing in our system in the world comes to pull our eyes off of him. Everything. Everything. The whole reason you go through anything that's, let's just say, negative, it is to get your eyes off of the one that can change you and rearrange you, shift you, shake you, come on, quake you. So, being that I just said, who has ever been wrecked? When, you've, when you see him, any part of him, it makes you so ravenously hungry for him that it's unquenchable. But I will tell you, if you're under this, um, like a blanket wraps around you, under this comfort of God doing something, God came through, God blessed you, you, you had breakthrough, let's just call it, whatever that means, spirit, soul, body, socially, financially, wherever you are in your life. And with that comfort around you, if you do not in that pocket begin to pursue, you will lose your appetite. And what will happen is if you're not pursuing, you're not, being, you're not going forward. There's no such thing as neutral if you're not pursuing, you're going backward, period. You, you can think you're not, but you are. And what happens is, well, Tracy, I just don't hunger for God. That is because you're taking appetite suppressants, okay? It's the television. It's your gossip. It's your nasty thoughts that you're not bringing in line. It's your, are y'all hearing me? You're listening to the wrong music. You're, you're around the wrong people. And those are, they become the idol, That's, it, it is a replacement. You, you're cheating on God with your TV or whatever. Psalm 27, verse 4. Are you bored? Okay. I, I, don't, I don't mean to bore you. I'm, but let me give you this one because this one just this made me so happy. It's Mark chapter 9, verse 15. It says, And straightway all the people, look at these words, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. Now, he, this is Jesus. They, they see him from a distance, okay? It's not, it's not much up close. But when they beheld him, they were amazed. Thank you for your underwhelming response. When you behold him, you'll get up. Some mornings and say, when someone says, how's your walk with God going? You're going to say, there are no words. They were amazed and they ran. They ran to him. That's the lost. And see, we are the body. I, I, I personally believe that we, that lost people ought to be amazed with our lives. Because it's not us. It's, it's the Lord that they're seeing. Do you get that? But they're like 
Jesus was almost suffocated because the crowds wanted him so badly. And no one's thirsting for God because of us. Just Psalm 63 verse 1. You God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. Um, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. Old Testament, dear Lord. And the word says that we have seen the glory, the Shekinah or the Shekinah of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have seen God's glory in his face. How can you not be impressed? How can you worship goes too long? Who are you looking at? What are you worshiping? Um, Psalm 27, verse 4, and I know you know this, but I, I love this. One thing have I asked from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house that is um, presence right there, the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. If you, there's another translation, I think it's amplified, and, and it's written this way, one thing do I crave. Now, all you people that know what craving is, okay. Now, I, I, I come from addiction. <laughs> but I'll just move over to rich people coffee. When you crave something, it's beyond appetite. In fact, I can drink some poor people coffee. Are y'all hearing me? Or let, let me just say it this way. When I was expecting, I, I loved garlic. I'm telling you, I, there were moments that I needed something tomato pasty. I needed garlic. I just wanted, I just, and it didn't matter what I ate. The, even though I was full, I could not quench the craving. I needed grape soda and pickles and peanut butter. I don't, I don't, I don't at the same time. Are you, are you okay? There's a, and it doesn't matter that you've had something else. Until the craving is met, you're just not, you just, you're, you're just going to go nuts. This, this is what this man is saying. I have rerun water over old coffee grounds because I forgot to go by the desk and pick up new coffee and I looked like a raccoon in the morning. I couldn't, I couldn't handle walking out to the lobby to get coffee. Why? I was craving. One thing. Nothing on this earth will satisfy the craving of my soul. One thing. One thing, one thing. Now, actually, it gets good. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, but even unto this day, when Moses is read, 
The veil is upon their hearts. This is talking about the Jewish people. And I love this. Nevertheless, when it, what? When the heart, when it shall turn to the Lord. When your heart, their heart, anyone's heart turns to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Okay, it's telling you that your heart turning to God is going to break a sin cycle off of you. Okay? But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image. What image? His image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Amplified says, but whenever a person turns, turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage. She is telling you, I, you know, I wish that we could pray it off, all right? I'm telling you there's a place in your personal freedom that you've got to go to God and behold Him. And all of us with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God as a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into His own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Another translation, verse 16, that might be the same one. Um, I think it's the Passion Translation says, but the moment one turns... You know what, God wants you a whole lot more than you want him. I can prove it to you. This is Song of Solomon, verse 4. This is how God feels about us. God wants us more than we want him. Now, a lot of people don't like Song of Solomon. It's the, 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 the love affair between a man and a woman, married man and a married woman, the same people, like married to each other, <laughs> is the closest description. Okay? God... Let me give it to you. Psalm, Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 15. This is God talking to us. Look at you, my dearest darling. You are so lovely. Your beauty itself to me. You are beauty itself. You're the picture in the dictionary beside the word beauty. You are beauty itself to me. Your passionate eyes are like loyal, gentle doves. Now, I know you know this because you're taught, but if you don't know this, a dove only has one mate. And if that mate goes, that dove will never find another, another mate. And, uh, and so it's called dove's eyes. There's a loyalty. You are my one and only. You are my one and only, okay? So when we look at God, we behold the lamb. Let's just put it that way. When we look 
at him. It does something to him. Song of Solomon chapter 4 verse 9. Um, I'm going to say this is a passion translation. For you reach into my heart with one flash of your eyes. I've said for years and people get mad at me that we are the only weakness God has. God killed himself. I mean, what do you want? God, Jesus is God. Y'all cheered on that. God killed himself. To get to you. So when we look at him, this is what's happening to him. This is his description of what happens to the heart of God. For you reach into my heart with one flash of your eyes. I am undone. No, you don't know. No, no. I mean, I get undone. I've been undone for three days. Undone. But when I look at him, he goes undone. He goes undone. He goes undone. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting there awkward and saying, you know, I'm. Here I am, it's me again. <laughs> and you know that I know that it's the truth about myself that I'm the most afraid of. But you know, when Jesus showed up, he comes through a wall. They are terrified. And prior to this conversation, you know, this event, they're having a conversation with Thomas. And Thomas says, I don't care what those crazy women say. He ain't alive. And, you know, you guys have lost your mind. And, you know, that's the problem with reason. Reason deals with reasonable things. And Jesus comes to the wall. <laughs> and it says they were terrified. <laughs> terrified. And he said, come here. Look, look. Look at my wounds. Look, look. Feel my hands. Feel my side. It's me. And then they rejoiced. Are y'all hearing me? I, I don't know if you heard that. And I think it was Thomas that said, my Lord and my God. 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 Listen to this. I am undone by your love. My beloved equal. This is the word of God. This actually was translated by a major, major doctorate theologian. This guy is not making this up. He's calling us his equal. Jesus said about God the Father that he loves you with the same love that he loves me. You leave me breathless. This is God talking. Anybody want to take God's breath away today? Just say, you know, Lord, you know I can't sing, so I'm going to turn up this a little bit loud to help you out with my inability here. I love the old, um, it's a canned Maranatha song. I just want to be where you are. Oh, I love that song. 
dwelling daily in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. Draw me near to where you are. God just lost his breath. God just lost his breath. You leave me breathless. I am overcome by merely a glance from your worshiping eyes. For you have stolen my heart. I am held hostage by your love and by the graces of righteousness shining upon you. And and I don't know how this can be. That's why they call it amazing grace. This is why angels go, what's going on with God? You you do know that the angels marvel at our salvation. The reason for that is God's God's being very emotional here. And and here's the deal. He's he's self-sufficient. So he volunteered to need us. Because he's he's all sufficient. And in his all sufficiency volunteered to become touchable. Um, holdable. Killable. Cried, sweat blood, died. So that you can come back to your original intent and take him hostage. I just want to be where you are. You can have this. This is very mobile, by the way. And, and we do need to discipline ourselves to set aside time. But aren't you glad that you don't walk into the presence of God and then walk out of the presence of God? And people believe you do, but you don't. You just, honestly, he never leaves you. He will never forsake you. He will never divorce you. No, not ever, not to the ends of the earth. But this, there's this <laughs> goofy place, I guess. That you're just walking about an inch and a half off the ground because you got this crush on God. I, y'all, look, listen to me. I know that sounds flippant, but it's really not. It's that's what first. What is first love? It's like <gasps> there he is. You know what I mean? It's it's the Shulamite. Oh, I smell him. I smell him. I smelled him first. You you have to be in the mall to understand all of this stuff. It's it's that it's that gushing. I think every human in this room can identify with that and 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 there's doesn't matter if you skip meals it doesn't matter what they want you to do they you understand there's energy are you hearing me and there's energy there's divine energy 
The last thing I want you to see um, with it is the scripture is out of, um, oh, please forgive me. Oh, I must not have written it down, but you'll know what it is. It's um, one of the Psalms, 71-ish, I think, but I'm not quite sure, and I didn't write it on the back. It says, um, yeah, it's Psalm 17, I'm sorry, Psalm 17, verse 15. It says, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Okay, the message translation says, I, I'll see you, your full stature, and live heaven on earth. I need a worship leader, if you don't mind, please. Just the, well, any crew, whole crew, half crew, part crew. I believe the Lord is going to help us and is helping us sync up I, I, I don't want you to think I'm, I'm being cheap when I say this but sync up with this divine love affair What would it be? Remember when Jesus, I've said this because I've, I've been raised kind of in the word of faith, and there's only a couple of times that the Bible says that Jesus marveled. Remember that? Centurion was one of them. Marveled. Well, what we're talking about right here is <laughs> way beyond marveling. It's about taking God's breath away. How about this? I know it, you, you could debate me on it, but instead of God always meeting our needs, how about we meet his needs? Not that he needs, but he just volunteers. How about we take his heart hostage? Remember when Peter said, Jesus said, buddy, there's the door you can go to. And he said, where would we go? Remember that? You've got the words of life. Somehow in this mix, I think God's saying, I'm not going to start over again. I'm, you're mine. I think you see the picture of Hosea the prophet the Lord said, I want you to draw a good picture. Because there's coming a group of people that aren't going to be happy with themselves. And, um, and they're, and they're going to have good reason. And they're going to be guilty. But I'm going to wash away their filthy stain. I'm going to wash it all away. And, but there, it, it is going to be too good to be true. So, Hosea, I want you to marry the worst of the worst, the most unfaithful. 
I want you to pour your life into her. I want you to adorn her, dress her, put her in the house of her dreams. I want you to parade her. And, and she's going to fall away. She's going she's gonna to cheat on you, Hosea. And when she does, I want you to go get her and restore her to your love. Because it's a picture, y'all, not of the world. Where you see in the book of Revelation, Jesus is standing knocking on the door of the church. Those books are not written to lost people. They're written to churches. He's knocking on the heart of the church, everyone's heart. But he's saying if everyone might not answer, but if anyone does, I will come to him. I, am I in trouble? I hope not. You know what? Let's, let's just stand. I really, really, really wish I could sing so um, I could be impressive and all of that. But whatever you do, it needs to be to him, um, from us, and... What would it be like to take the breath of God away? You're about to do it. You're about to do it. Father, I thank you right now. Um, there's a word in Hebrew called chesed. Sometimes it's interpreted mercy. A lot of times it's interpreted loving kindness. Um, but the, the literal actual translation is a love that will not let go. Father, we thank you that your love will not let go. Your love will not let go. We thank you for the love that never lets go. And so, Lord, it's not that we first loved you. It is that you first chesed us. You wouldn't let go of our lostness. You wouldn't let go regardless. And, God, we just return that love to you. We just return gratitude to you. And, Lord, regardless of disease or depression or disorders or um, discouragement in this room, it doesn't matter how big problems could be. Lord, you are bigger than, than a problem. You're, you're altogether lovely, Jesus. You are our all in all. You are our all in all. You've turned your face toward us. And we are not afraid. We thank you for that now. We thank you for that now. Your precious name, precious name of Jesus. Come on, guys. Come on. Go ahead.